What is up? Welcome back to the MMA Kill Shot podcast from BFS Army. I am Sniper. That is Monk. We are talking UFC Vegas 80, Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. We had a week off, and I think we needed that week off where people would be bitching about how bad this card is. Regardless, <laughs> I like fights. I'm not going to tell you it's a great quality of fight card in terms of some of the other things we've seen, but I'm going to watch it, and there's some interesting spots on here. We'll talk about DraftKings plays. We'll talk about betting spots. Um, cannot wait to get for, to get to it. Monk, how was your week off, first of all? Very good. Much needed after 17 weeks. But yes, you're right. We did miss fights last week. Excited for this card. Great main card. Great main event. Couple of Nebraska boys as well. So I get to cheer for a couple of uh, my hometown guys. Looking forward to it. I like that Nebraska is so big uh land wise but so small population wise yeah you call nebraska omaha. hometown guys it's all omaha <laughs> from my state well, that's not even the capital it's not even the capital of nebraska look at me knowing that lincoln nebraska is the capital well it's omaha why. and then lincoln's 40 minutes away and then there's nothing <laughs> i i had to take a trip there for work years ago when i worked in college sports and we went to nebraska to, to play volleyball which I know they just made news this year, but it's, it's been big for years. This is 10 huge, years ago, and I was like, huge. holy shit. I didn't know how fucking cold it was in Nebraska is what I learned that trip. Yep. <laughs> it was I was taken back. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. Uh, all right, guys. Do me a favor before we get into the fights. Smash that like button. We're going to talk all things, like I said, DraftKings, betting, you name it. We got it. <clears throat> so do me a favor. Hit that like button. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you want, you join DFS Army if you want all the daily fantasy-specific content. Those links are down there with your promo codes and all that good shit. So make sure you, you get to that. And I had something else I wanted to talk about off the rip here. But, oh, yeah, we're down to 11 fights. So make sure you know we got some cancellations, some shit moving around. So make sure you're on top of that. I know our members are, but um, I guess I guess let's dive into the first fight. We're going to talk main event first. We don't honey dick anyone around here. It's my favorite expression. I use it any week, every week, and I just don't care. It's Grant Dawson. He is minus 500. It's a big old favorite. Take it on Bobby Green at plus 375. Dawson is 9,400 on DK. Bobby Green is 6,800. Uh, you know what? We had a week off. I'm going to go first. I'm so antsy to talk about fights. And yeah, the co-main is pretty good to talk about too, honestly. But Grant, I think we all know how this fight is going to play out in terms of Grant Dawson wants takedowns and needs them. Bobby Green needs to stop them. Dawson striking is not good. He will get pieced up on the feet. Dawson can get a takedown. He can probably wear out Bobby Green out down there and he'll have the advantage. Uh, the X factors being what is Dawson's cardio going to look like over five rounds if Bobby Green can extend him. Uh, I think there's an issue there. And on the feet, just Bobby Green is, is better. He should be equipped to handle the first couple of takedowns. Is that Dawson's a really good chain wrestler and can get you down. I do think Dawson wins this fight. We do have an aging Bobby Green. The line feels uncomfortable. Uh, I pulled minus 500. I should say that's actually the highest line on fightodds.io. Uh, but my first column is bet online. That's always where I pull it. If you want DK, it's minus 410. Even at that price. I that's too wide. Bobby Green's a live dog in this fight. I like, you know, I don't think Dawson is going to get him out of there quickly. The over two and a half rounds is where the pick of mine is at minus 120. You tell me I got a guy who's going to look for takedowns or if they're on the feet. Um, Bobby Green puts up pretty good volume technically. Um, typically, I believe, unless he 
you know, is frozen trying to stop takedowns. I don't, I don't think so. Betting wise, I don't think this is a great fight because the line is too wide and I think Dawson wins. Um, again, Bobby Green just, just, you know, vets vet. I thought he was going to retire a while ago. Keeps on running out there. Props to him. It feels like a fight for Grant Dawson to win. It's just he's so one-dimensional that if Bobby Green can stop that, and Bobby Green's a good fighter, not a great fighter, a good fighter, I think typical gatekeeper, um, then, then Dawson is fucked. We could get – we could if, – if Bobby Green can stop takedowns early, Bobby Green after round two could be a minus 300 favorite on the live betting odds. Like th- this could swing real quickly if Dawson can't find his takedowns. Or Dawson get him down and sub him in the first two and a half minutes. And then go, okay. So it's a long way of, I think, I haven't surprised anybody with what I'm saying. I will say for DraftKings and cash games, you probably play both sides. This is an 11 fight card, a fight I do want to target pretty heavily, even with inflated price tag on Dawson's side. Green being a live dog helps that. And betting wise, for me, it's kind of just a pass all around and move on. I have four other bets on this card that I'm not going to lay them all out here for you guys. Got to. Save those, save those for our members where I post free bets or post bets behind the paywall, I should say. Uh, but there are other spots in this card I like. This is kind of, to me, a ho-hum. This is the spot I have. So Grant Dawson's the pick. I kind of laid out, I think, the DK options pretty well. Monk, uh, anything different? Am I talking crazy? Uh, I don't like any bets, really, on this one, except for, actually, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I think Dawson, uh, I think this gets extended i think he could find a sub find a finish round four or five or decision that's kind of what uh, the only bet i would look and if green is ever um, minus 300 in this fight i will be betting on dawson live for sure you're not worried uh, about his gas tank like if he looks tired because he shot 10 takedowns in the first two rounds like i'm a i'm a little worried about the tank yeah but if he shoots 10 takedowns in the first two rounds he's gonna land at least four of them i know bobby green has a 72 percent so. takedown defense but I mean, Grant Dawson might be, uh, you know, might just be one dimensional, but that one dimension, he's probably the best in the really weight good. class. Uh, also, it should be noted, and I know this is kind of a, an odd stat, but since 2021, no 37-year-old has beaten a younger lightweight. Uh, Owen sick, like Owen sick so far. Reaching. I that's I'm just saying we're, we're we got some trends here. Um, and yeah, 9400. I will definitely have Dawson. In a ton of cash game lineups. Green, I guess I'll have in a few GPPs, but I really don't think he wins this fight. So uh gimme Dawson for the win. He's also uh you know controlled over 50%, 50% minimum uh in his last five fights, controlled 50% of all fight time, all uh, uh inside the distance time he was involved in. 82% against Ismagulov, 80% against Madsen. It, it's wild. He's extremely good in that one dimension. And I think he will be able to get Bobby Green down, rinse and repeat takedowns. Love this for DraftKings. Hope it goes four or five rounds because if that's the case and Dawson wins, he's going to score well over 110 points. So give me Dawson here at 9,400. Co-main event, B. Joe Pfeiffer, minus 350, taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan at plus 325. Uh, DraftKings prices, Pfeiffer's 9,300, Alassane 6,900. Another, uh, you know, the main is price pretty spread out, as is the co-main. Monk, what do you got? I mean, I guess I like Joe Pfeiffer in cash and for GPPs, Ooh, uh, but I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely not looking. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind him in cash. If he gets a first round finish over a duel, Razak Alassane, which uh, Razak Alassane does love to get 
finished in the first. Actually, he's only been finished once in the first round, but he does love to get uh, uh, de- actually decision. Interesting. I must have been looking at. Uh, oh, I'm on the wrong. <laughs> I'm on the wrong guy. Sorry. Got to shake way, off the rust. The only shake way Al Hassan wins is by deading Pfeiffer in the first. Exactly. That, that, that's the thing. That's uh, if, 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 if you're playing Al Hassan, you're playing him because uh, you played Andre Fialo last week and you needed a first round knockout or you play Derek Lewis in this day and age. And sometimes you get lucky and you get that first round knockout. I, I played him against fucking terrible but, ass. Um, oh, God. Rogerio de Lima. Yeah, but, pays uh, out. Pays out. If, sucks. But if let me ask you this, though. We're talking uh, DraftKings. Would you rather play Dawson or Pfeiffer in cash? Uh, Dawson and cash, but I'd also rather play Al Hassan and GPPs over uh Bobby right. Green. Well, obviously, if you're going to play Dawson and cash, it's real hard to play him and Piper, nearly impossible. So, kind of takes your decision out there. It, it is a little bit. Plus, there's a and I might be on an island apparently. I thought I don't understand why, but I love the $9,500 fighter this week too. So, I have some choices to make. Um, but yeah, it's long story short, I'll have both sides and GPPs. I think Piper's going to win the fight. <laughs> Um, I'm not the biggest Pfeiffer fan. I think he has to show us more than he's shown us so far, but I don't think Al Hassan's the guy to do it. But if there was a guy, it could be Al Hassan as uh, five of his six wins have all come in the very first round, six KOTKO wins uh, in the UFC. So obviously I'm not passing up on him, but uh, the pick is Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer for me is going to be too big for Razak Al Hassan. Uh, just I think he's going to be able to use that jab, keep out of the range of the right hand from Al Hassan, which is what, Alisson needs to do to win, but because Pfeiffer is still unproven on the come up, I will mix in some Alisson and GPPs because if he wins, he lands a first or second round knockout in his price. He'll make the optimal. It's fine for GPPs. I don't like Pfeiffer in cash because the floor is too scary and I'd rather play Dawson, which I kind of outlined earlier. Um, if you could fit, and, and I'd, I'd rather play some other people in cash in the 9K range rather, you know, who are a little bit cheaper, we could talk about later, um, who don't face as much of a knockout threat just in terms of building a floor. But I do think Piper wins. I think is striking. He'll be able to use his range, stay on the outside, and probably pick up a knockout, I'm thinking, second round. But at, at some point, you know, Alessandro's chin isn't the best. But I will say that I, I just think Piper wins this one. The UFC, typically when they're building stars, know exactly what they're doing. So give me Joe Piper to pick up the dub. Joaquin Buckley, he's minus 175, taking on Alex Morono at plus 150. Buckley is 8,700 on DraftKings. Morono is 7,500. Wrong view. You don't want to see just my face, guys. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, fun fight. I think these two guys could very well stand in a phone booth and trade. Um, I think Buckley's a little overrated, personally, from whenever I watch him. I, I mean... Look, I know we had the impact Kasangane knockout, and highlights are great. And not that he's bad, I just people talk him up a little higher than what I think he is. And I think Alex Morono is pretty typically underrated for what he is. The problem is both guys can get hurt in this fight, um, and they both can hurt other people. Like it's it's kind of one it's one of those fights that I feel is truly a coin flip. And I got Morono sitting at plus one fifty, and he's got if anybody's going to grapple. It would be Morono in this fight. I'm not convinced it's going to happen, but I think he's an extra path to victory there that pushes my pick that direction. In terms of DraftKings, I don't think this is a fight to mess with in cash games. And in GPPs, um, I'm going to tell you, you could play both sides, but because Morono is so much cheaper, I think he's a viable dog. Um, and I'm definitely going to mix him a fair amount in GPPs. And he's going to be my straight-up pick as well because, like I said, 
he's got that extra path to victory for me. Monk, how about you? Uh, yeah, as far as I don't, I'd be surprised if there was much grappling, even especially from the Moreno True. side. He's attempted 20 takedowns in 17 UFC fights, he's landed four of them. Uh, that's 17 said, UFC fights. Holy god, yeah, yeah, he's 12 and five. Um, yeah, both of these are actually not both. Morono scores well under four, uh, three points a minute everywhere at distance, inside the distance, and only averaging 85.7 points per win. I'm not really impressed with many of his stats. He does have a couple of round one finish wins and a round one finish loss mixed in there. Has thrown up a couple of subs, decent amount of subs, and has a decent last five strength of schedule. I guess I kind of like him because he's cheap. That's the only reason. I see it like you. This is basically a 50-50 fight. I know a lot of people are on Buckley this week. I don't like this fight for DraftKings. I'll probably be around. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be around the field here because uh, n- neither guy, like I said, Morono averaging 85 at 7,500 and Buckley's averaging only 96 at 8,700. So I'm not too, too interested in this one. But I guess if, if I need an underdog, I guess I'll play Morono. But I'm probably looking elsewhere, especially in cash. I'm not touching this because I have no idea yeah. who's going to win. Stylistically, though, I, I think those averages could go up. And 96, 80, 96 points at 8,700 isn't terrible. I just think stylistically these guys could meet and start swinging, and they both have a tendency to get hurt. So I, this could be on the, If I had to project, I think the winner will probably score over their average regardless of who it is. And that's the only reason I'm going field weight. If, if not for that very uh, uh, good point that you just made, I would be under the field. And if it's really, see, I got to look at ownerships when they come out tomorrow for DFS Army. If if they're low, I'll be over them. If they're high, you know, I'm just going to kind of, if they're, both guys are sitting around 10, 15%, I'll be over both for sure. Yeah. I assume they'll be 20 ish. Then I probably get even Buckley and a little over Morono personally, but we'll see what they shake out to be. I like it. Drew Dober taking on Rick Glenn. Another, like, is your $9,500 fighter? Here we go. I was wondering. I couldn't think of who was up, off the rip. Uh, oh, good. You're, you're up first for this fight, too. Dover minus 400, 9,500 on DK. Ricky Glenn plus 300, 6,700 on the DraftKings machine. Monk, you love the $9,500 uh, fighter. You're all about Drew Dover. Tell us why. I am. This is this is my actual Omaha guy. Uh, uh, Dawson is from Stromsburg, Nebraska, which is right by York where my people are from, which is right by Lincoln. So Dober's actually from Omaha. This is this is, uh, this is is the real Omaha guy here. Yeah, a little Nebraska geography for you. Uh, 9,500, yeah, I don't like Rick Glenn really at all. I guess I – look, 6,700 has like a 4% win rate. I guess it's a little higher after last week, and it has actually made the optimal lineup two weeks in a row, which is completely unheard of. Is <laughs> it going to win happen, the last two weeks, guys. Is it going to happen three times in a row? Well, not the first week. I didn't play what's her name, Marnik Mann. I certainly didn't play uh, uh, much of Cody Brundage, that's for sure. But I did vote for him as far as uh, Oscars go. But yeah, give me Dober, 9,500. I don't think Glenn has got this one. I mean, Dober, 20 UFC fights, knocking people down, has a huge power index. And that's exactly what I am looking for here as Glenn's chin has uh, been tested and has failed him in a couple of times over his UFC career. So I love this fight for Dober. I love him at 9,500. I'll play him in GPPs. I will likely be playing him a bit in cash. I mean, Christos Giagos uh, KO'd Glenn one and a half minutes and two fights before that Silva or no, he beat Silva uh, KO'd Silva, I guess. Uh, Oh yeah. The draw against Grant Dawson and then the loss to the angel of death, Kevin Aguilar. So uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't really see much for Ricky Glenn here. I think Dober's got a bunch left in him. 
and I think the game plan uh, looks pretty simple. So give me Dover at 9,500. If I repeat any of the points Monk just made, I'm sorry, guys. The daughter came in. And you, you know when they're little and they have any reason to not go to sleep? You know, Tommy, yep. hurt, his tummy is hurt every night for the last 45 nights. Yep. Just, just, <laughs> you're, you're, you're okay. She really just wants an extra hug, which is nice at this age, but yeah. Anyway, so if I repeat anything, we we'll had to duck out again. That's that's what I got going on here, guys. The dad life. <laughs> um, look, Dover is just better everywhere. I don't think Ricky Glenn can get him down. Clearly, the superior striker. This and Dover coming off that loss to Frivola, which I give myself a pat on the back for that one. But Dover, uh, this is a bad matchup. Unless Ricky Glenn can land something fluky or has this wrestling success, I just do not see because. He's not Islam Akashev. He's not going to take Drew Dober down over like I just I don't see where Ricky, Ricky Glenn wins this fight. I am a little worried about the scoring on DraftKings. I think Dober's by the way is a fine parlay piece if you want to go there and build those high those those parlays. I, I'm pretty confident in him for the minus 400 price. Um, not typically my thing, but I think you could do that. Um, not cash game viable for me just because there's better options up there, but I do like it better more than Joe Pfeiffer. As we were talking about it earlier, and but in terms of upside for scoring, unless he gets the knockout early, ninety five hundred is going to be tough for the optimal. But he he's alive for it. I can't tell you he's not going to do it. It's just if I'm ranking guys in the nine k range, he's probably probably third on my list, and he's the most expensive. So I, I, I might, and you know, people like to click on the most expensive fighter. I might be a little un- under the field on Dober, depending how that comes out. But I do think he wins this fight uh, pretty comfortably. Let's go to Iwan Kutelaba. He's minus 150. Taking on Felipe or Felipe. I don't know if it's. Ah, I should look this up. I don't know why I didn't look up this name. I'm just going to call him Linz the rest of the podcast at plus 130. Uh, Kutelaba is 8,300. Linz is 7,900. Uh, Kutelaba is DraftKings gold either for himself or for his opponents. He is kill or be killed at its best. He is a wild man. Um, can Linz land a counter shot? Kutalaba's going to come at him wild. He could wrestle. He could just throw bombs. He could do either. But whatever he's going to do, he's going to come in with aggression. Um, what this comes down to is how good do I feel uh, Philippe Linz is. And I've, I've been going back. And so first of all, on DraftKings, do not touch this fight in cash games at all. In GPPs, no matter who you hear anybody pick, you need to be playing both sides because someone is going to score big. And unless... I mean, if somebody's really confident you want to tail him, sure. I find it hard to be super confident either way in this fight. Like, I I, I quite honestly just don't see how that happens. Um, I ended up picking Iwan Kutalaba just because I think the pace and the pressure will get to the older lens. But at any point, he can land the counter and put him down. I just like the guy who is more active going to be moving forward. But it's it's a risky-ass pick. I'm going to lean towards Kutalaba. If you want to look at, I was looking over here, looking at bets a second ago to see what the, uh, you know, fight under one and a half rounds, minus 160. If you want any fight, any bet on this fight, it's probably that one for me. I wouldn't go near the money lines, but that's what I have for this one. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Kutalaba's killer be killed. You want him and his opponent, GPPs, not touching it in cash. Uh, don't want to repeat everything you said, so I'll just give you guys a little insight into his inside the distance game because when I think of Kutalaba, mostly, you know, you're thinking of him knocking people down, but maybe maybe you don't, but uh, 7.2 points per minute inside the distance. The guy has a 60% takedown accuracy. 
landing 4.75 takedowns per 15 minutes. That's absolutely insane. Uh, pairs that with a 77% takedown defense, controls 63% of the grappling time. Uh, let's see, six UFC wins, four of them have been in the first round. Four of his eight UFC losses have been in the first round. 12.6 average value, uh, and he is under. He is under his average salary, guys, by $117. So, yeah, uh, actually, both guys are under their salaries. Uh, Lins is $100 under. Uh, so you have to play both sides of this uh, for a ton of reasons. I mean, Kutalaba, last that will give you 83%. Of, so five of his six wins over 100 points, and now he's cheaper than his average. So, yeah, I'm picking uh, Iwan Kutalaba as well. Um, but, yeah. Anything could happen here, and I will be very heavy, as will most people, on both sides of this fight. All right. I'm going to enter the next fight, and then I'm going to uh, duck and check something real quick. So we're going to go solo spree on Monk. So, guys, I need you to just, I mean, brace yourself, because who knows? <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help myself. We got Bill Al Algio. Algio. Why can I never? I... It's a me, Algio. Algio. It's a me. <laughs> now, he's minus 120. Alexander Hernandez is plus 100. Algeo's 8,400 on DK. Hernandez is 7,800. Uh, on paper, seems like a pretty good fight to target. Um, what do you have for this one, Monk? Uh, yeah, now you can see my face large, larger than life. Uh, so, yeah, he did this on purpose. He, he didn't, he didn't want to be upstaged, you know what I mean? But here we are. Uh, so I guess I will talk about Bill Algeo. I really like him, I guess, in this fight. Um, he scores pretty well for DraftKings, under 100 points. Per win, which isn't great, but at 8,400, it's not the worst thing ever. In fact, under 100, it's 99.1. He is scoring three and a quarter points at distance per minute, almost four points overall per minute, and two of his four UFC wins have been over 100 points. Takedown defense is a bit uh, Swiss cheese-like, has a couple holes. 54% allows 3.73 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. Thank you very much for that. Uh, he is only $100 over his average salary, and his average value per win is almost 12. We have no round one finish wins or losses, so I am a bit worried about the score. Alexander Hernandez, I don't know, surprisingly good DraftKings score, at least to me, only three points a minute, but over uh, inside the distance, 5.23 points uh, per minute inside the distance, and you just heard me call Bill Algio's takedown defense. Uh, I likened it to Swiss cheese. Um 1.3 takedowns landed per minute to Hernandez. That's not anything special, but he does control 62% of the grappling time. And another case where both gentlemen are under, actually, no, that's not true. Algeo's 100 over. Uh, Hernandez is under his average salary by almost $700. So if you're on the Hernandez side, um, I actually don't mind him for a little DraftKings play at 7,800. I also don't mind Bill Algeo. I'm rooting for Algeo. I'm picking Algeo. But for DraftKings, Hernandez does bring... Uh, he does raise the bar a little bit as far as underdogs go this week. So 7,800, I really don't mind that, even if he is 6-5 and five overall in the UFC. Probably yeah. not touching much of this for cash because I really don't know. I don't really have a strong feel for it. But GPPs, I'll be around field weight, probably uh, how we how we dissected uh, the fight, We you know where we're going a bit over or under depending on the ownerships. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Alexander Hernandez here. I think Bill Algio is fine, I but I think he's just fine. Whereas Hernandez, I think, is talented. It's a matter of is he going to show up. You know, um, he's, he's had some good performances, some bad ones. I think good. At, and as you would think, as somebody ages, they're going to get more consistent. I think if the good Alexander Hernandez shows up, he beats Bill Algio. I think he can wrestle. I think he's got the bigger power shots. 
I think his defense will be good enough in this case. I do think Algio, you know, will have more volume if he's, you know, if they're both throwing. Algio throws more. It's a matter of I think Hernandez can get out of the way, mix it up a little better, land the bigger shots, and potentially grapple. Um, so that's for me what makes this cash game viable. If I need to do- that last dog, I think Hernandez is viable there because I think he wins. He's also more likely to put up the big score on DraftKings, in my opinion, and find that first round knockout a la Benil Dariush. Not that he's going to flatline Algio in 10 seconds, whatever the hell that was, but I think he's more likely to get a finish. So for me, he's more interesting betting and on DraftKings, and that will be my play for this fight. Let's go. Let's talk about the ageless one. Karolina Kovalkiewicz, minus 155, taking on Diana Balbita. Plus 135. Kovalkiewicz is 8,600. Belpita is 7,600 on DraftKings. I can't believe we live in a world. You had told me two years ago that I'd be living in a world where 37-year-old Karolina Kovalkiewicz is on a three-fight win streak in the UFC. I would have looked at you like you were fucking crazy. I was calling her done. I absolutely was. She, to her credit, has bounced back nicely. I have to just check everybody for a second. Karolina Kovalkiewicz is a 37-year-old fighter with a lot of miles on the tires, who's moving weight classes. And yes, since she did that, she has been successful. And I'm not going to tell you that Diana Belbita is a world beater. What I am going to tell you is that there's a reason everybody takes down Diana Belbita. Because on the feet, she's going to pose a problem. I think on the feet, she'll get the better of the exchanges of Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz, though, has shown the ability to mix in the takedowns, like she did against Silvana Gomez-Juarez. If she has that game plan, she can be successful here. She doesn't typically have that game plan, so I can't assume she's going to do it. I see the fight playing out in the feet, and I just think Belvita's going to be a step ahead. So it's another underdog I'm picking here. Regardless in GPPs, I don't think the winner of this fight either way scores very well, like at all. Um, so DraftKings, I'm kind of ditching this one, and I think you could play Belvita again if you don't like Hernandez. You need somebody cheap in cash because she's an underdog. I think it's fine. As like, you know, a, a floor option. Not my favorite play, but it's fine. Um, Betting-wise, I, I think there's more value on Pelpita just because I can't bet, I can't lay juice on a 37-year-old fighter like this. But it's not, I'm picking Pelpita, but I'm still, I'm wary of the bet pretty much regardless on this fight. Uh, I'm going to do what I did earlier when I kind of gave that ho-hum analysis. I'll tell you that the fight over two and a half rounds is minus 400. Fight goes the distance is minus 350. Yeah, never mind. I can't see value there either. So not my favorite fight. I believe this is the fight I think I alluded to last week in my notes. So typically at one point I write, I write, fuck this fight when I'm analyzing for GPPs. And I believe this was it. Uh, Monk, what do you got? Yeah, I definitely not not one I'm targeting for DraftKings at all, but I am a huge Karolina Kovalkiewicz fan. And You're so I, I, I am no for years. I've been uh, I, this girl. I, I just... I sorry. I some people stand for Miss Belbita. Some people stand for for whoever. I am a Carolina Kovalkiewicz guy. So, uh, yeah, I three stand in a row. Dern. Three three in a row looked great. Uh, nine strikes a minute against Herrig. Almost five strikes a minute against Juarez. Over nine strikes a minute against Demopolis. Yeah, those names aren't very good. But look, look at the names like sounds, Diana Belbita. Like Diana Belbita. Sunday softball team. Oh, well, let's add Hannah Goldie to that list because that's who Diana Belbita's beaten. True. And Spider-Girl Maria Oliveira uh, also. And she allowed over six strikes a minute against Hannah Goldie. Gloria DePaula put up almost six strikes a minute against Belbita. And Molly Meatball McCann outstruck 
Diana Belbita, even uh, 7.5 strikes a minute in that fight. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't think Belbita is very good. And I do think Carolina Kovalkiewicz, yeah, she might be 37, but uh, she's fought much, much better competition than Belbita. This will be Belbita's probably biggest fight uh, to date, really, as far as name value goes. Um, and I honestly don't think she's going to get it done. There's a point in Carolina Kovalkiewicz fights, and it usually is in the first round, when she can't land a takedown and her face starts to get bloody, and she is her face looks like she's looking for a way out of there. I know this. It happens every single fight. But lately, she's completely turned that around and uh, either battled back or just basically dominated the whole fight, uh, unlike anything we've seen in her recent past. So give me double K here. I love her in this fight. I'll be rooting for her hard, not touching this one at all um, as far as bets go, and I'll be very low on it for DraftKings. Yeah, I, I mean, we're on different sides, and I can't even – I can't get too crazy on the argument for either side. <laughs> So let's move on to Johnny Munoz Jr. taking on Arichi Long. Um, Munoz is minus 115. Arichi Long minus 105. They're pick them. This line is danced all over the place. Um, Munoz is 8,000. Arichi Long is 8,200. Monk, I have a strong take on this fight, but you're first. What do you got? I guess I'm picking uh, the Mongolian murderer, Arichi Lang. But for DraftKings, I'll be on both sides for GPPs. Like, I think Munoz has uh, some some grappling upside here, and I think Arichi Lang has the finish upside. So I'll be on both sides. Honestly, I, I made a cash lineup the other day. You're going to need guys like Johnny Munoz Jr. in those cash lineups, especially around the price that, that he's around, which I believe is 7200 No, oh, never mind. I'm thinking this one, 8000 Um, Actually, then that puts more value than I originally thought on Arichi Lang. So... I'll probably be higher than the field on both of these guys, to be completely honest. My pick is going to be uh, Arichi Lang, just because he scores better. Munoz Jr., only 87 points per win, not even 10xing his salary overall. Um, both guys under their average salary in this case, so you know I like to see that. Give me Arichi Lang um, overall, plus his nickname is, is the best on the card, the Mongolian Murderer. I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than that. I don't know what it means, though. Is he a Mongolian that murders people, or is he mur murdering Mongolians? We don't know. We need to get to the bottom of it. But that point aside, I'm still Pretty picking sure he's him. Mongolian, brother. <laughs> still picking him. Hey, I'm not trying to assume anything these days. Um, I, uh, I'm still picking him, but I love this fight for DraftKings overall. The loser is not going to score well. I'm sorry to say you're going to throw some of those lineups out if you play both sides, but the winner has potential to score very, very well, in my opinion. Agree with that, and I I do have a pretty strong lean towards Arichi Long. Uh, I don't I Munoz, he pulls guard. Like he needs to get on. He needs to wrestle, grapple, uses BJJ. He's not a great wrestler. I know Arichi Long has got you know shown some holes, <laughs> but Munoz every time he gets hit, he pulls guard. And immediately when I start seeing people pull guard like that, I'm like oh, I'm fucking betting against you. Any chance I get, unless you're Mackenzie Dern, which you're not. Another <laughs> Mackenzie Dern shout out. So <laughs> that's why I, I like Arichi Long. I think pressure and move forward strike be the better striker hurt munoz probably finish him munoz needs to either show some wrestling i don't know he has or he can he honestly he could submit a reaching long after being hurt and that would suck for my pick um possible or just create some kind of scramble but when those are your paths to victory and this is a pick em fight yeah give me a reachy long that's where i think the value is and i am picking him to get a finish in this fight Let's move on to Kanako Murata. 
She's uh, minus 350. Take on Vanessa Demopoulos at plus 285. Murat is 8,900. Demopoulos is 7,300. Uh, I, I, I don't want to overanalyze this fight. I know I said Belbita and Kovalkiewicz was fucked this fight. This one's damn close. Kanako Murata doesn't do, it's close, doesn't do a whole lot in the cage. Um, but I think she's just going to win the minutes. She's going to be slightly winning all the minutes against Vanessa Demopoulos, who I don't think is very good. I think Demopoulos' path to victory is getting taken down and catching an armbar. Frankly, that's how I see her winning this fight if she does. And women's MMA is so fucking screwy these days, I'm not going to fade her on DraftKings. I'll play a little. Maybe 5-10%. I don't want that much of Murata, though. There's better scoring options. I don't see how she puts up a big number. I think she's just going to win the money, win the minutes. Relatively low volume. Maybe some clinch control time. Even if she gets on top, I don't think she's super active looking for submissions or a finish. Like I just, I think she's going to win the minutes, win the fight, and it's pretty much that simple. Demopoulos needs to throw something up. So um, betting-wise, I, I, I actually don't hate Murata in terms of if you want a parlay piece, I guess. In terms of upper echelon guys, I prefer Dober more. But I, I, whenever somebody's past victory is, man, you better hit an armbar. I, I get <laughs> immediately go, huh? But it's hard to lay minus three fifty wood on a women's MMA fight these days. It just, it just is. So I'm kind of backtracking what I said. This fight is not overly intriguing. I think I've given it too much time as it is. Monk, how about you? Yeah, I don't even think it's hard. I think it's straight up irresponsible to lay minus three fifty. Excuse. Minus 350 on a, a straw weight fight at any level, to be completely honest. But yeah, I uh, I echo exactly what you said. Demopoulos needs an armbar here. And I just, I, I'll i be double my ownership on Murata and Demopoulos, but I'm capping my ownership on Demopoulos at 10, which means I'm capping my ownership on Murata at 20%. And that's probably uh, the extreme high end. I probably won't even come near that. Neither woman scoring a ton in a win. Um, both have a pretty low floor. I'm just not really too interested in this fight whatsoever. I guess Demopolis has the slightly better DraftKings upside because her path to victory is an obvious finish. Um, and she has shown that in one of her wins, at least uh, round one anyway. She does have one round one finish win in the UFC. So not too excited. Yeah, this is this is the biggest fade for me overall, I think, on the card. Yeah, again, it's 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 not a great one. Even even if you're like, well, fine, Murata's going to win at 8,900. Put her in cash. I like other options. I'm I'm probably not even doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a rough sell. Let's talk Mateus Mandanka. One of the reasons you can't play a lot of um, uh, Kanako Murata minus 260 on Mandanka. However you say his name, that guy, the big scary Brazilian with blue hair, uh, taking on Nate Manis at plus 190. Uh, Mandanka is 9,000. Manus is 7,200 on DraftKings. Uh, Monk, you're up first for this one. I think that owl tattoo on his chest is pretty awesome, though. I, I am a fan of that. Um, yeah, I like. I, I guess I like both sides for GPPs. I am favoring Ooh. Mendonca a lot. Yay! Uh, very heavily at 9K. I really like him this week. But he is uh, unproven uh, so far. He did have to fight one of the Bash brothers, I believe, Javid. Uh, That's was a fucking his, hell of a debut, by the way. Hell of a debut. So, uh, and from what you told me, not I'm not spoiling anything. I just wasn't, uh, didn't know before. Mendonca is moving back to his original weight class, while Manis, at five foot ten, is going to attempt to try the flyweight division again. I don't see that going well. 
for him at all. No problem. Before I knew that, I thought both guys were moving down to 125. I was like, oh, they're both going to look like shit. Maybe Manis has a little bit of value at 7,200. I think I'm, I've talked myself out of that, man. I, I would be kind of surprised. I'm, I'm going for Mateus here. I'm going out on a limb, and I only say it like that because of what I said. We have one UFC fight with this guy so far 15 minutes i'm a big stat guy and his stats are trash because he fought javid bashrat and actually they're not even trash they're just not great um but this time he's fighting nate manis again five foot ten eight years older he's 32 which is not old but mendonza's only 24 will be 25 at the end of the year basically um yeah give me mendonza i this weight cut for manis watch him I'll, just look at him on the scale i'm not a big look at him on the scale guy but this dude's going to look like freaking Skeletor, man. Yeah, and it's, it's not, I think Mendonca's fought at, the, at 135, but he's one of those guys who is beating up regional people, and he he's like, you look at him, he goes, okay, he can make 25. Like, is, yeah, he's only 5'6". Like, yeah, he's a small... Mm -hmm. he, his frame fits. He hasn't fought there before, but he's to me, this is the this is the weight he should be at. Where you look at Manus and you go, 125? Are you going to fucking cut a leg off? The, yeah. He legitimately could get scrapped. I'm really worried about this fight not happening. Um, if it does happen, though, I like Mendonca. I think the pressure moving forward against Johnny Munoz is going to be a problem. I know Munoz will be long and want to close the distance and grapple. I think he's going to, you know, Manus. Fits it. Uh, Manus, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I said Munoz. Um, Manus is probably better off grappling in this fight. And I just think the pressure and the volume and the power of Mendonca is going to be a problem. I just don't think he survives early. Or if he does, he'll be compromised. The problem is, I mean, Mendonca, maybe the weight cut has him slowed down a little bit. Maybe he won't be as aggressive. But he comes out like I've seen in his regional fights. I think he finishes Manus. Even if he doesn't, then I I, I think he wins the fight. I'm, I like the line here, uh, the minus 260. That's a lot of juice to play straight up. This is something, if you wanted to play a Dover-Mendonca parlay, I can fully endorse that. I don't know, you know what it works out to be, but... Um, I like him in that range. I do think he gets a finish in this fight. Uh, so that is the play I'm going to be going with here. Talk about the final fight of a podcast. First one of the night, Montana De La Rosa. He opened as the dog, by the way, but she's minus 135 now. J.J. Aldrich plus 105. De La Rosa, 8,200. J.J. Aldrich is 8,000. Uh, this one, again, to me, is a pretty simple fight to break down in that Montana De La Rosa, we know, needs to grapple and get takedowns to use her BJJ. JJ Aldrich, you know, wants to use her boxing. If Leong Na is taking down JJ Aldrich, I know Montana De La Rosa's takedowns aren't great. I think she just needs one. I think she gets it. It's a pick em fight because it, I do think if she is unsuccessful the first four or five, I'm a little worried about her tank, and JJ will piece her up on the feet. More often than not, I do like, I think Montana gets a takedown, controls the fight, and wins that way. Um, DraftKings wise, I think Delores has all the all the upside because even if you think Aldrich is going to win, her path to victory is shit in terms of scoring. It's going to be low volume, you know, unanimous decision, whatever. I, I don't think you're going to be we're going to get a surprising decision here unless Delores is striking is leveled up. We're going to know whoever gets the fight to take place where they want it is going to win the fight. And I just you're asking me my take. I think De La Rosa gets the, get the takedowns over JJ. But that's really what this fight comes down to. Really, could be an interesting live betting spot because you can see, you know, after the first couple takedown attempts, the lines will move, but I think you'll get a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen in this fight after those first few. So for me, Montana's the play. How about for you, Monk? 
Yeah, I agree. Montana's going to be the play at $8,200. Uh, yeah, she was the dog uh, coming into this one, which I kind of, I guess I don't find too surprising, but uh, it is what, yeah, Nalion taking you down three times, and now you're fighting uh -oh. Montana de La Rosa. Um, I mean, Aldridge scored very well, actually, 107 in that Nalion win. She controlled 53% uh, of that control time uh, after being taken down three times, but now she this is Montana de la Rosa. She's not going to do what she did against Nalion. And I only mentioned the 107 points because overall, eight wins with that 107 points in there. JJ Aldridge is still averaging 75 points per win. You know how low the rest of your scores have to be to come out to 75 with 100 <laughs> and some points in there. Um, pr pretty, pretty damn low. So yeah, I agree. Aldrich has zero DraftKings value for the most part, especially at $8,000, the most expensive underdog on the whole card. Um, I'm not going to say zero. I, that will that will probably bite me in the ass, but very low, uh, in my opinion, DraftKings value. So I'm taking Montana De La Rosa. Uh, and say what you will, she's 1-3-1 and one in her last five. That's fine. But she's lost to Vivian Arujo, Macy Barber, and Tatiana Suarez. Uh, and the draw was against Myra Bueno Silva. So Though I think all four of those women are probably top five, maybe in that area. I don't remember what Barbara is off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so I like Montana De La Rosa here. She's got better experience, and uh, I just don't think JJ Aldrich will be able to do what she did to Na Leong. Let's talk kill shot, boys and girls. Kill shot, if you're not familiar, is play on the card that on DraftKings specific here, under own play that you think could break the slate. Before we give them out, do me a favor, smash the like button for me. Do that. Share the podcast around. Make sure you tell your friends. You Make sure you join DFS Army as well. But mostly share the podcast around. I appreciate everybody who does. And if you don't, well, right here for you, buddy. Um, my kill shot, I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm not even going to give you the chance to steal it. Although I don't think you uh, – no, you know, you picked against him, so you won't. But regardless, Alex Hernandez. I think he's got a path to a big old score here. And I think people are sleeping on him. So give me – Hernandez I was gonna pick him actually well he would he would have been second um because I really do I don't like a lot of underdogs this week I really really don't um but give me and just for the, the this is the Derek Lewis rule man it's Abdul Razak Al-Hassan at 6900 uh to smash Joe Pfeiffer in the first round that's his only path to victory he's <sighs> done it five of his six bad. wins I'm sure it's not going to happen but like I said I hate all the underdogs I like Hernandez um, but the rest, I just, I can't get behind. So I don't think he's going to win, but that's what a kill shot is. Give me Al Hassan. If you want, if you want an honorary mention, if you were to take Hernandez, I was probably just going to, uh, pivot myself over to who was it? I had one ready in this. Oh, it'd have Alex to be Mar like Alex Lins, Morono. Lins or Morono. Yeah. It would, it would be Morono would be my backup. Yeah. Yep. So honorable mention there. Uh, that's what we got for UFC Vegas 80, which by the way, oh, that's what I was thinking at the top, at the top. I like the Apex cards. People bitching about them. I like fights at the Apex. The pay-per-views need, pay need to be out in front of people. Some of the bigger fight nights, great. I like the Apex. I think it has a place. Let's let's mix it in. So, as long as the crowd's there, then yeah, I, I agree. Even, even if it's only silence, 60 it was, people. It, I mean, I think it was interesting in the silence. Not, it it was granted, because the, the fighters could hear the commentators and they great. were talking back and forth. Maybe yeah. unpopular opinion. I enjoyed it, though. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? Not at all. Click the link, click all the shit on uh, the DFS Army guys. Click it all, and uh, my yep. stuff, my my uh, my uh, fight notes will be up uh, by tomorrow morning. And make sure you follow us on socials, TikTok, 
Twitter, X, whatever the fuck we're calling it. All that. Name, names are down below. Sniper wins at Monk MMA Addicts. That's what we got for UFC Vegas 80. Dawson versus Green. Have yourself a good week. Good luck in those contests, and we'll see you next time.